You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. The Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network is powered by Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera, Interstate Batteries has you covered. Visit your local Interstate Batteries store today or online at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Welcome to the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. I'm your host, Parker McDonald, and this is episode number 74. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by Drew Robbins and Mr. Walter Lee from the Chasing Tales Outdoors Podcast. And we are comparing deer season to turkey season, what we like best and why. And we're also going to talk about a hen that we nicknamed Carol Baskins. You guys stay tuned. This is the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. I, uh, I'm excited about today's episode because we are joined by none other than Walter Lee from the Chasing Tales Outdoors Podcast. If you do not listen to that podcast yet, you need to go check it out. Walter's doing some freaking awesome content creation, both on YouTube and on, uh, on his podcast. And uh, they they talk about just hunting stories all over, all kinds. Um, it's really a, a good podcast. Walter has turned into be uh, one of my closest friends, and uh, uh, we talk just about every day. So I asked him if he wanted to come on the show, and here's why. Because Walter has said some very bold things in the last couple of weeks. Now, Walter is, um, he, works, uh, uh, he works for a university, and um, he's kind of a kind of a cubicle what, what would, well, I don't know what you would actually call him like a cubicle uh, he works in the cubicle uh, I was trying to think of something clever can't think of anything he's uh, but right now through all the coronavirus stuff he's been able to work at home which allows him to go and hunt uh, in the mornings and so his first real season of turkey hunting he's been able to hunt a ton and so Walter shares some things with us about his season Kind of tells us how it's going, but then he goes off and he says something like, turkey season is better than deer season. I like to turkey hunt better than I like to deer hunt, uh, which is a pretty bold statement. So we're going to break that down. We're going to share our thoughts on it. We're also going to tell you about a hen that me and Drew encountered that totally ruined everything for everyone. We had a gobbler coming straight to us, and she ruined it, and so we nicknamed her Carol Baskin. So you guys stay tuned. That's a pretty funny story. Uh, before we get into this episode, I wanted to remind you to check out ScreeGear.com if you have not already. This performance hunting apparel is absolutely incredible. I have loved it. I've been using it during turkey season, use it all deer season, have zero complaints. 
Um, and I, it's already affordable. So if you go to screegear.com, you're going to see the prices. You're going to be like, crap, this is already affordable. I can already afford this right now on pretty much just about any budget. If, you, if you're looking for performance hunting apparel, you're already looking at spending a decent amount of money. But I'm going to tell you, you're going to be impressed with it. But I'm going to save you even more money if you use the code Southern Ground, all lowercase, all one word, at checkout. You will save 15 off of your purchase at screegear.com so make sure you go and check that out I'm trying to save you guys a little bit of money if we can um so take advantage of it man and, and let them know that southern ground sent you if you go uh on screegear.com and order something so with that said let's get into this episode i am uh, i'm trying not to take too much of your time because it's late and i'm trying to turkey hunt in the mornings i gotta get up early uh so you guys enjoy this episode with me, Drew, and Walter Lee of the Chasing Tales Outdoors podcast. All right, on the line now we have Drew Robbins and Walter Lee. Walt, we'll start with you, man. How are you doing today? Man, I, I am I am on cloud nine because tomorrow morning will be the first day that I get to hunt in what feels like three weeks. In reality, it's been about 72 hours, but I'm out here organizing my stuff for the morning hunt, getting to talk turkey with you guys. I'm, I'm, I'm doing good, buddy. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Drew, as always, a pleasure to have you on the other line. How's it going? I appreciate it. It's going good. It's going good. We, um... We actually, Parker, we had an interesting morning. I'm sure we'll get to that um, here, here in a little bit. But uh, got out in the turkey woods this morning and yeah. almost sealed the deal. I had the biggest hen I've ever seen in my life um, come in. <laughs> and um, she was a course, freaking, the, she's a heifer, wasn't she? <laughs> she's a tank, man. She's a she's a big old bird, and just uh, just didn't have what it took. And so we um, we passed on that one, but man, it was the it was the first time that I had one actually come uh, coming into to a call like an actual gobbler coming in on a turkey hunt. It was fantastic. Yeah, so um, it it was actually pretty crazy. It was probably today was probably one of the more uh, confident hunts that I have been on. Once that gobbler started coming in close. I mean, I was I was fairly confident we were about to kill him, and because he closed he closed the distance like four hundred yards in, I mean, oh man, a minute, like yeah, he was fast. Because the first time oh, wow. he gobbled, the first time he gobbled, we were like we were actually watching this hen. She was in our view, like and dude, when I say she was a tank, well, I mean like she was, I mean she was probably in the seventeen or eighteen pound range and for a hen. Yeah. Holy moly. She was gigantic. And so we were like trying to figure out, obviously I could hear her clucking and stuff. And we were like, uh, is that a Jake? What is that? <laughs> Cause she was so big. Yeah, It was, <laughs> it was, it was big enough that, um, I heard the distinct click of someone's safety coming off. Um, <laughs> and, and I was like, Oh, it's about to get salty up in here. I like this. And, um, and then it walked out and I was like, doggone, that's a big old hen. So uh, I nicknamed well, I mean, to put that in perspective. My, my Tom was 17.1 pounds. Yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, she was as big as 
She's probably as big as the gobbler that I killed, the first gobbler I killed this year. Like, she was gigantic. Um, man, mm. she, I nicknamed her Carol Baskins. Because uh, <laughs> she had to go and ruin the hunt for us. So what happened is, um, what happened, we had this, this gobbler was freaking fired up, man. And, and he closed the distance real quick. But what ended up happening is, when we saw her, she was coming into the into the field that we were sitting on the edge of, and we were like, "Okay, well, maybe there's a Tom with her or some, a Jake with her or something." And uh, it turned out to be just her by herself. Well, while we're watching her in the very far distance, we hear that, bah! you know, we hear that gobbler just mm-hmm. light up, and that was the first gobbler we'd heard. And we were like, "I looked at Drew. I was like, was that a gobble?" And he said, "Yeah, I think mm-hmm. it was. It was back that way." And I was like, man, he's a long ways off. Well, we ended up trying to move around on him. The the hen worked away. After he gobbled, she left where we were at, and she, like, beelined that way, doing what turkeys, to him. What turkeys do. And it, we so we tried mm. to get kind of around. And by the time we got moved and set up again, like, he was really close. And what I kind of think happened is, is that she intercepted him on his way to us. And uh, we ended up finding a, a, a spot of doo-doo, a turkey poop, uh, real fresh in the direction that she headed. And when you look at it from where she, where that pile of doo-doo was, uh, it was not far from where he, with the last place we heard him gobble. And uh, I, I would say, Drew, what do you think? Like 70 yards is probably about how close he got? Oh, I mean, it was, it was closer than that. I mean, it was, he was... He was in some open hardwoods, and we were in a, a, a pine thicket with a creek right in front of us. And uh, just knowing knowing that area from hunting it the last two years, I would say Parker he was he was fifty. Yeah, he I mean, was close. And, and we just we just couldn't see him. Yeah, it was uh, Walt. It was like it was like one of those days, and I talk to you just about every day, so you know I've been I've been kind of feeling pretty high on myself about. I haven't heard a whole lot of gobbles, but when I do hear one, usually I kill it this year. And yeah, yeah. and it was one of those where I was like, "We're about to freaking kill this bird." And Drew's never killed one before, <laughs> so obviously it was going to be unless a I was going to basically back Drew up and try to film it. Um, I that being said, Drew, you should know I'm not very good at being a backup. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I kind of got that feeling, like literally when I heard the clucking, we hadn't even seen it yet, and I hear a click, and I'm like, oh, Lord. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, if, if Parker's going to do it, I'm going to have to do it, so I clicked <laughs> off too. And um, and old, old Carol came out there and ruined the party for everybody. And Man, so <laughs> she just had to ruin it for everybody. Um, but, <laughs> but she almost got shot just on sheer size. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've turkey hunted quite a bit in my life, and I don't think I've ever seen a hen that big that had me fooled that much. Yeah, she's a big yeah. joker. Um, yeah, but but in go in going with what we're going to talk about today, Parker, I w- th- this is the first time that I had an actual gobbler coming to to like a call with me set up turkey hunting, and dude, I was I was jacked up. Yeah, it'll fire it you was, up. It was good stuff, man. So Walt, you uh, this is your first. It's not your first year turkey hunting. You've turkey hunted some in the past, but this is your first year of like actually like going hard in the turkey woods. Is that that's pretty accurate? Yeah, I mean, for all intents and purposes, people ought to just 
consider this my first year because the the eight years that I did it off and on, I mean, there was no intensity to it. I mean, it's, you know, it, it's kind of like the first year you go to college. You weren't really in college because you failed all your classes, but, you know, you were there technically, you know, but uh, <laughs> yeah, this, this is, this is my rookie season. I, I, I keep calling it that. So rookie season, you killed a bird like the third day of the season, right? Sure did. Day three. Yeah. On public land. Yeah. Like on public land. Yeah. And, and before anybody is impressed by that, um, I'm still convinced that bird just was tired of dealing with, with, with our local Carol Baskins. And, uh, <laughs> I, I think, I think he just, he was really willing to die that day. Cause I did so much wrong to kill that bird. And it has been 17 days since, and I have uh, yet to pull the trigger a second time. So but well, more luck than skill. But well, you got a turkey killed. That's all that matters. That's true. And yeah. And you also had another shot at a Jake that you passed up. That's true. It's it, it uh, every day that passes, I kind of, <laughs> uh, I know I'm going to catch hell for this, but I, I kind of regret it off and on. Um, I have had um, a, about three opportunities to kill this one Tom that I'm convinced uh, my mentor is going to go in and kill. Uh, tomorrow morning, but I, I, I've had this same bird at 20 yards or less uh, on three different occasions, and this bird has managed to either get lucky or see me uh, on each of those occasions. And uh, otherwise, I would have I would have shot I would have tagged out by now. But yeah, I did I did pass on on that jacket. I've never regretted passing on an animal before. Uh, in fact, I don't think I've ever really passed on an animal before. <laughs> so that was the first for me. <laughs> you know, all last year you did that thing about, you know, uh, let the little bucks uh, live or whatever it was you did. I, I, the whole time you're talking, I was just like, oh, man, this episode needs to end because this is, this is just not, not, not tuned towards me, man. I'm a, I mean, if it's illegal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's gonna die, kind of kind of person. <laughs> but but I mean seriously, like which I've changed a little bit now. I'm telling you, I've shot two this year, and I feel pretty good about it. Like if season ended tomorrow, I'd be happy with my season. Um, but sure. like if a Jake walked out, I'd probably shoot him right now. I, I like I'm, I just I just like it, especially if it's a goblin Jake or like one of those situations. You know, which, and, and I do this a lot where I'll hunt, I'll hunt all day long. And if it, you get to a point in the day where it's like hot and there's really not even a whole lot going on, you're kind of like, man, I just wish a turkey would show up so I could be done for today. Um, I have those days fairly often, mm-hmm. especially when you've been busting your butt, walking and hiking and, and doing stuff like that. Like th- those are the days I would, I would definitely shoot a Jake and I'm not saying every single time I hunt that I'm going out there. I'm not going out there with the intention of shooting a Jake. I want to shoot a goblin Tom, you know, that's kind of, that's why I like turkey hunting. But at the same time, like I have honestly have zero issue with it. Um, You know, it's, there's some people are different and that's fine. Um, But to be honest with you, I don't see a lot of Jake's honestly. Like, I think I think the turkey population where I'm at in North Alabama, it's just not awesome. You know, it's 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 okay. You know, there's birds there, but really, about the only way that you're going to see them is if they're goblin, and you go into that general direction and you call them in. Like 
I don't see just a ton of hens. I don't see a ton of jakes. Um, I've shot one jake on public land. And the reason, honestly, the reason why I shot him is because my dad and me were trying to double that day. This was last year. We were trying to double that day. And we actually put a spot in stock on these birds. We, we, so we knew that there was a gobbler in there and because he had been gobbling all morning, but he would not come to us. So we did a spot in stock. And Dad missed the Tom, and so I shot the Jake. Um, if I were <laughs> if I were by myself, I would have probably tried to shoot at that Tom before anything. Um, but it was, I mean, th- th- that's those situations that are just, it's just fun. You know, going out there with me and my dad, we were on a goblin bird that morning. We did a spot and stock, and we went home with a bird. Like, that's just, that's just fun stuff, you know. And so, it, turkeys for me are about the same thing as deer. If the experience is what you want out of the experience, then go yes. for it, man. That's that's all yes. that matters. So yeah, I, I I just want to add a little bit of context to anybody who's a little appalled at the fact that I passed up on that, Jake. I get to hunt every morning before work for for a five week season. So the, I passed up that bird, dude. I think four days after I shot that tom, I've got these public land spots where I've probably got close to five thousand acres that I'm hunting right now. And I have yet to see another hunter Yeah. and they are loaded with birds. So it, it, it's not, you know, if I was hunting like in past seasons where I was lucky to get on two or three birds at gobble, dude, that bird would have died. But I had such an abundance of opportunities here and I was only five days into my season. If I was tagged out, I feel like I'd been kicking myself. You know, I just, it, yeah. there was such a, it, it's like shooting a spike when you know that consistently bedded in that same bed is 150 inch. Or yeah. four in this case, four 150 inch bucks, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I want to kind of what we're going to talk about today um, is really, Walt, something that me and you have talked about a little bit in the past, you know, the past week or so about, you know, and what you did there was you compared turkeys to deer. And I want to kind of compare it a little bit because this is really your first, first real season, your rookie season. Uh, Drew today was really your first, like, oh my gosh, this might actually happen time in the turkey yeah. woods. So I want to kind of compare those two, um, because it, it's long been debated, which one's better. If you're a diehard turkey hunter, that means that you think about turkeys 365. If you're a diehard deer hunter, you're thinking about deer 365. I kind of find myself right in the middle. Um, but I, I think we're going to have some differing opinions on this. Uh, but before we get into that, Walt, I want you to share the story about that first bird, um, how it all happened, how it all kind of uh, un- unrolled, I guess, from, you know, your first your first hunt of the season to the time you pulled the trigger and then kind of your experience after that. Tell us what happened. Yeah, I mean, this this spot was something that uh, probably the first two weeks right before the season started, um, my next-door neighbor built a house, and he turned out to be who I've been referencing as my my turkey hunting mentor. He's really channeled my enthusiasm for the outdoors into what is his primary passion, which is turkey hunting. So he kind of took me under his wing, pun intended, and uh, we went out scouting. We, We located this bottom. He had gotten a hot tip um from some some older folks in the area about this bottom that they used to hunt and so we we go out there we locate these birds and we go out there they're fairly tight-lipped i mean i think everybody has an opinion about how tight-lipped their birds are um 
I, you couldn't you couldn't buy a shot gobble out of all the times we were out there. If it was in the afternoon or evening, those birds just do not talk. To to this day, I've hunted that bottom probably more than any other place chasing those birds. They just don't talk. So you had to get up early in the morning, and they were kind of scattered throughout this bottom. Opening morning, I go down in there. Uh, don't get a chance to hunt with Clay this weekend. He he had you know very famous important people like uh, Shane Simpson to hunt with. So you know I, I kind of struck out on my own there for the for the for the opening weekend but you know uh he was he was live texting me through opening morning because i'm down there in this bottom don't know where any of these birds are specifically and the birds are going so nuts i have never in my life experienced a hunt where i was in was was like genuinely overwhelmed by the amount of birds that were talking to me i i'm thoroughly convinced that I will probably go years of my life and never encounter a morning where the birds in every direction were talking nonstop. And it was just utterly overwhelming trying to figure out. I mean, again, as a rookie hunter, I really don't know anything guys. I, I, I basically, basically have this Rolodex of, of talking points that I've heard. I've got no firsthand acknowledge, uh, experience. I've, I've messed up several shot opportunities, but I was put into those places by other people. I don't know why those birds came in. I don't know why they why they were in that area. I didn't understand any of it. And I'm sitting here like, okay, well, no matter what direction I go, I'm going to get backdoored by another bird. You know, like I, I, I could ruin the hunt because they are all so close. I, I kid you not, I had anywhere between nine and 14 birds talking in every direction. It was the most unreal experience I've ever had in my entire life um That's public good. land everything i've done this year has been on public land yeah yeah um i've never had a morning down there like this since either um in fact i bet you i haven't had more than a couple birds talking to me ever uh at one time since then but it was just you know here it is rookie season i'm down there in this bottom the woods are dead quiet and i walked out on this finger and basically it, the the ridge drops off in either direction into these beautiful florida swamps and i'm just listening like okay the first bird that talks I'm going after him. You know, uh, Andy May told me, listen, you've got to make mistakes and figure out where the boundaries are. And the sooner you make those mistakes, the better off. So my thinking is be aggressive, make mistakes, figure out how close you can get on birds, and, and that'll be that. Well, I could end up doubting myself at one point about which bird I should set up on. And I basically set up on this finger, and I'm, I'm, I'm on this straightaway that's like 400 – maybe 300 feet long, just pure straightaway. And I'm sitting there and I'm calling this bird is coming out of this bottom. I'm thinking to myself, man, if, if, if I just sit here, he's going to step out. There's no way he's going to come all the way down this road. So I, again, talked myself into being aggressive, picked up my decoy, start hauling butt down this road, cutting the distance about every hundred yards. I would call to him. He, he would double and triple gobble. All, meanwhile, all these other birds are losing their mind too. It was the coolest experience ever, dude. <laughs> Um, I cut this distance. I get all the way to where there's this 90 degree in the road. And I'm like, okay, boom. Scott Ellis told me set up where when they step out, they see what they want to. They'll come in about halfway, you know, all these talking points that I've heard, right? I don't know what I'm doing, but I've got these talking points. And so I put the decoy out. I sit down and I know more than sit down and put my gun up. And I see turkeys coming around into these palmettos. And here come these three hens in this big, beautiful tom. And he has just got his harem of 
ladies, and he's walking down this road like he's a pimp of the swamp, and he steps out at 35 yards. And that sounds awesome, except for – and it was awesome, not taking away from that hunt. But he's on this two-track, and basically that means he's got about six feet of, of real estate on each side of him, and it's all brush. And he's got these hens that are basically like satellite orbiting him, and they were right on top of each other. So I didn't feel comfortable pulling the trigger. I really felt like I was going to kill one of those hens as well. Um, and anybody who knows me knows that I don't push the limits of, of what I feel is ethical and, and comfortable. I didn't have a gun that patterned tight enough that I could take that shot because, again, rookie season. Um, but, you know, moving forward, maybe I will. But, you know, I, I just I just sat there and watched as he strutted and these hens are – you know, uh, clucking and purring and talking to each other and kiki and I'm just like losing my mind. Here I am, rookie season opening morning. This is what's going on. Eventually, they work off in the bottom, and for the next two days, um, it was actually day, yeah, Sunday. Yeah, the following Sunday, I chased that same bird, got close to him, couldn't cut the distance, kind of got a little conservative because I didn't know the terrain, and I, I should have punched a little further. It would have opened up, and I could have killed that bird. But Sunday, I learned from my mistake, and I was like, okay, I'm going to scout, learn this area, because now I've got several days of him being in this area. They're scratching. Let's try and find a roost tree. Let's get ready for this bird. And I found several trees that look like uh, they were suitable roost trees, good 90-degree angles off of these white oak trees that I found. And so the very next day, that Monday, I go down in this bottom. I boogie all the way down the road. I don't waste any time with locator calls or nothing. Sun just starting to break up got gray light, and he gobbles. So I dive off into this bottom, dude. I mean, it was the dumbest thing I've ever done because I'm only like 150 yards from this bird, and I'm breaking stuff, and I'm making all kinds of noise because I see it on TV, and that's what they do. I'm like, screw it. I'm not worried about it. I'm just going to get in position because I've only got a few minutes before this bird flies down, you know? And this is where the scouting <laughs> came into play because there was this big 75-yard bunch of blowdown that everything else had grown up over the top of. And I knew I had this, this basically 40 yard tall mass of trees from hurricane um, um, Michael that had come through and wrecked a lot of these swamp bottoms. I knew I could use that to block his side of me and also as an obstacle for him to step around. So I bogeyed all the way around and I'm, and I'm making all kinds of terrible turkey noises while I'm doing it, which was just ridiculous. I don't know why I was trying to talk to this bird while I'm, making all this rucket, ruckus, but he's losing his mind on the roost. I sat up, sit down. This bird pitches down like 40 yards from me. And my first thought, again, rookie season, there's a daggum buzzard in that tree. How weird is that that there was a buzzard in that tree? Because I've never seen a turkey fly down. It just kind of looked like you know, a buzzard coming down to eat on something. All of a sudden, that buzzard makes a freaking roar in the woods. And all of a sudden, y'all, I'm telling you, that daggum barrel was bouncing so hard, I thought I was going <laughs> to lose my mind. I thought for sure this bird's going to see me. I'm sitting here with my back up against this six-inch sapling, so I've got no profile coverage. The only benefit I had was I'm in this bottom, and it's so dark in there. Post, you know, Even though it's legal shooting light, there's such of a, a tree canopy that it's dark. And he steps out full strut, and I freak out, guys, because my red dot is such cheap red dot. I can't see his head through the red dot at 30 yards. It's so dark in this bottom. I can't see his head and I'm freaking out and it dawns on me. I've got this big pattern that I'm talking about. It's a good pattern, but it's, it's wide. When he steps out 
this brush, I pick my head up quick to see if his head is sticking up. And if his head's sticking up, I'm going to hover that red dot above his head and pull the trigger. And sure enough, that joker hit the ground like a, like a sack of potatoes. He never flopped once. He didn't move. And I can tell you right now, I have never in my life felt such a surreal experience of having something come in roaring like he was, gobbling and strutting and making all this, I mean, the iridescence to his feathers, to have him come in to calls that I made, to noises that I made, and to think and, and to have that relationship, that that communication with the with the quarry I was after, oh my God, dude! There was no looking back. I mean, it is now number one in my list of, of things I can do in the south. Well, <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, there you have it. Turkey yeah. hunting. Turkey hunting is better than deer hunting to you. Yes, in, in the way that we do it in the South, yes. Man, that's a bold statement, all right, and I want to unpack it um, because I completely disagree. Uh, not, I, well, yeah. <laughs> well. Yeah, me too, me too, me too. I don't completely disagree. I get it. I understand. But at the same time, man, I don't, I just don't, I don't think I could ever bring myself to feel that way i i just i feel like i'm cheating on my first love by saying that turkey hunting <laughs> would be better than deer hunting so well well obviously you said you have said in the past you went on a, an elk hunting trip out west and you're like man yep. this this beats this beats everything um you you go turkey hunting and you kill a turkey and you're like man this beats everything um could could would it be safe would it be safe to say that possibly your location there in Florida makes that decision for you At, wherein uh the deer hunting is so poor that uh, even modest uh alternatives make it better than where i'm at yes <laughs> yes uh, possibly. And, and I won't rule that out because, you know, I've, I've shot about a hundred inch buck here, um, in Florida, uh, depending on, you know, if you're gross or net or whatever, he's somewhere between about 95 and 104 inches. So, um, I've shot a good deer here. Granted, it was on pub on private land that I had gotten permission to, to pursue, but, um, it doesn't matter. You know, at all. It's Florida. It, yeah. It doesn't well, matter. right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's fair. I mean, I, I guess what I'm getting at is I've I've shot a I've shot what you would consider as a good buck here, right? Um, and there's no shortage of deer that I get on. I I'm not going to rule that out. You know, I'm not so bold as to say that if a 150 comes walking out, that that might not be the greatest thing I've ever experienced. What I can tell you is, and I think this is something I've been chewing on because you and I have very passionately gone back and forth on the why. And, and where we differ uh, in this arena, but I think it goes down to what do you expect? What is a hunt for you personally? What matters in a hunt for you? And I'm looking for an adventure. I'm looking for something that provides a series of, of um, 
maybe a degree of unexpectedness. You know, you don't know what's coming. The anticipation of what could happen yeah. uh, occurring at any point in time that there's even maybe a degree of, of chaos and randomness to it, right? I mean, I can do everything right as a turkey hunter for days on end and still not kill a turkey because the turkey is so unpredictable because the turkey is such a um, fly by the seat of their pants why they do what they do so often. I mean, we I've had birds now pick me off and I've been able to take some of those birds and talk to them and convince them to hang around a little longer and investigate. Whereas there's other birds that have seen me and those jokers are in Pasco County over there near Pensacola right now. Those birds didn't stop until they, you know, they hit, you know, safe Harbor. Yeah. The bird that the bird that I shot, I should have shot that bird. I made so many mistakes. I should not have shot that bird, but he was ready to die. And I think with deer hunting, there's a degree of, sitting and waiting there's a there's a degree of okay it's dark the sun's coming up oh it shoot it's legal shooting light you've got that hour hour and a half of everything that possibly could move could be it and then after that there's the decline and with turkey hunting there seems to be this uh degree of excitement and adventure that that exceeds beyond that little prime time window yeah i can see that i i get that um turkey hunting is definitely you know, turkeys are a are a daytime animal. They sleep at night, just like we do. And yes. so, when the sun's up, yes. you can kill turkeys. Like, and that's true for deer too. Sometimes, you know, when the sun's up, that's the only legal time you can kill deer. But but you are right that that you know hour after daylight, um, hour before dark. That's kind of the deer the deer time or whatever. Now, when you start getting mm-hmm. into more mature buck movement then you start looking more at midday um especially if you're you know getting close to bedding and things like that so uh, i mean a lot of times for deer hunting it is an all-day an all-day game for me and this past season i've talked about it before i I hunted more all-day sits this past season than i ever have before in my life uh and that's because you know i mean you grow as a hunter you start chasing these mature bucks around you start realizing that it 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 really should be an all day thing a lot of time, but, um, you know, <laughs> I, I, I get what you're saying and I know like the, the feeling I will break it down for me. Um, and then drew, I want you to kind of talk about it, especially since okay. it's so fresh for you. Um, when I kill a Turkey, uh, especially the first one of the season, that first bird of the season, gets me about as fired up as anything that I could possibly ever imagine. Um, and I've had some, the very first bird that I ever killed on public land, I, I said out loud to people, holy crap, that was better than any deer I've shot. Um, <laughs> I, I have said that. like Because, dude, I was just like, I was just so fired up. I was just like ecstatic about the whole thing. Um, the first, the first turkey, the first Eastern that I ever killed, uh, which was in Georgia, uh, I, th- I killed a Jake and I called it in, man, I was, I was, you know, like you, I was doing everything wrong. I didn't really know what I was doing that much. I grew up hunting Rios, which are fairly easy compared to Easterns. And so like, I messed up a lot. I didn't quite understand the aggressive tactics, running gun style, turkey hunting. But uh, when I killed that first bird, I, I believe I said out loud, 
again, that was better than any deer I've ever killed. Um, but since <laughs> then, I have uh, killed bigger deer. And since that first turkey I killed on public land, I've killed bigger deer on public land with my bow, using the kayak and all that crap. And, and that like that's kind of a – maybe at that point in my deer hunting life, it did outweigh a lot of a lot of the deer that I've killed, but since then I've had some pretty cool experiences in the deer woods. Now, all that being said, I this the first bird that I killed this year, um, there was there's not a lot of excitement that can outweigh the excitement that I had after I killed that bird. Um, it, it it's just something like so. Here's kind of where I break it down at. Um, as far as the hunt. So with a deer, um, typically with a deer for me, especially on public, I don't run trail cameras. So I don't have history with a lot of bucks that I kill. Um, at honestly, any of them, like I can't think of any deer that I've killed on public land that I was like, man, I've been after this buck for a long time. Cause I just, I jump around so much. And usually the first time I see that animal is when I kill it. Um, so you really have just kind of a small window of a, of a relationship with that animal. It's really just, it's short. Um, the, the bigger buck mm-hmm. that I killed this year, I saw him and 10 seconds later I shot him. And so it was like, it was that fast. Whereas with the turkey, especially like the one, I, the first one I killed this season, I had been on this group of birds, um, all day. And in fact, uh, what was it? I guess a few days before that on opening day, I'd been on this same group. And so I was, I, I had developed somewhat of a relationship with this group of birds and I didn't, I didn't pull the trigger on that bird until one o'clock. And I chased these things all over the place in my kayak. And like I, I was most of the day I was in eyesight of those, of those turkeys. And so once I shot him and he was dead and he fell over and uh, I mean, it was just, Dude, it was just a, an excitement like you're talking about that, like, man, this really could compete with deer. And so I understand that. And I, I think I explained it on Facebook to somebody. It may have been you, Walt. Um, killing a tur- When I kill a turkey, that excitement is equal to and sometimes maybe even greater than it, killing a deer. Yeah, that was me. Yeah. But the actual season itself – I'm not just as much in love with turkey season as I am with deer season. Like deer is just, it's in my blood, man. It's like I I live for, though in Alabama, those like freaking feels like nine months that we get to hunt deer here. Um, But I live for that. I live for that season. I I just love it. Um, And and I can't really put my finger on on one little thing. You know, that says, I like this. I like it because I like this more. Deer are smarter animals than turkeys. Um, So there's that aspect of it where, you know, you're outsmarting or maybe just getting lucky on an animal that's pretty dang smart. Um, They're bigger, and so they have more meat. Uh, Another thing that I like about deer is that each one is so much, like a turkey, you kill a tom. You know, it's going to differ in spurs. Like every once in a while you'll have like, uh, you'll see one posted that's got double spurs or 
um, triple beard or double beard or something like that. But for the most part, a turkey's a turkey. Like, <laughs> it's got a full fan if it's a tom. It's got spurs mm-hmm. and it's got a beard. So they're just kind of like, like they vary in size. But deer, you shoot a buck and deer, ha- they have so much more character, you know, and they like their antlers differ. Um, th- there's just so many different things about a buck that you, you know, you, you know, when you see him, when you hold him with your hands, when I kill a Tom, sure. I pretty well know what he's going to look like for the most part. Um, and so there's that, there's that aspect of it for me that is pretty big. Um, so, you know, I, I enjoy both of them. Like I'm, I, I would consider myself to be a diehard turkey hunter. I spend as much time in the woods during turkey season as I possibly can. And I prioritize it as much as I do deer season. But if I just, if somebody put a gun to my head and said, you have to choose turkey season or deer season, uh, I would, I think I would probably still choose deer. I don't think I could. I don't think I could uh, differ from that. Um, so, Drew, today was your first time. Uh, yep. One could say that you are a turkey virgin. Um, yes. And you still are, kind of. You've dabbled. <laughs> mm-hmm. You've experimented. I have. Um, uh, explain... What was going through your mind today as that as that gobbler was closing the distance, um, and then kind of break down your opinion on on this whole deal? All right, yeah. To, today was um, well, it's actually probably my third official time going. Um, I went once. Me, me and Parker went um, last week and um, struck up a hen um, with a kayak, which was cool. But um, we struck her up with the kayak. No, we we shook her up and then we were but we were in a kayak, you know. And so that was the day uh, Parker almost sank my kayak. Um, this is true. I did. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, today was awesome. I mean, it was the first time sitting there having a gobbler respond coming into it, and I think out of all the stuff that that attracts me to turkey hunting. It is that right there is that like I can I can communicate with an animal, you know, um, so that's that was the cool part of it. And just just hearing hearing that um, that gobbler just close the distance and just uh, uh, just come in and man, just clicking off, getting ready. It, it was it was it was a really cool experience. Um, um, it's very it's very similar. And I don't know if this relates because I don't know if, if y'all two have done any of it. But it, it it it's very similar to duck hunting, um, just yeah. from the communication aspect, to where like you can talk to you can communicate with a duck, a duck will respond, circle come in. And um, when I was in Arkansas, I got to do a bit of duck hunting, and it was it was very similar. Like I mean, um, you could set set up the decoys, talk to them, they would drop in, not drop in. It, it was it's really cool. And whenever those um, mallards would come in and you could hear the wing beats, man, your heart's just racing. The same thing happened today with the um, gobbler coming in. And so my heart was pounding. Safety was clicked off, man. It was it was awesome. So that part I love. Um, I also like the run and gun aspect of turkey hunting where you can get up and move. Um, you're not just sitting in a tree. Uh, so I like that part of it. Um but honestly, and Parker, and in, in, in answering your question, or going back to the, to the question of, you know, 
turkey or deer. Um, I think a part of the reason why I'm, I'm, I love deer hunting so much is because uh, that's what I grew up doing. You know, that's what dad did. And that's, that was my mentor who introduced me to hunting. And we didn't do a lot of turkey hunting, like actual turkey hunting. Like if one walked in the food plot and we wanted to shoot it, that's what we did. And, um, and so, uh, uh, that's, that's what really, uh, got me started was deer hunting was my, my dad loved it. So if my dad loved it, I was going to love it. And, um, and also, um, what's unique about this conversation too, is that I've, I've hunted in Alabama and in Arkansas for deer, but i grew up hunting like Walt in, um, in Florida. And so I cut my teeth deer hunting in Florida, and I also have a private land deer that's, that's you know, pretty nice, Walt. I mean, I would say he's, he's right around that 95 to 105 range, too. You know? Oh, yeah. Which, which for, I mean, uh, I know Parker's oh, been yeah. down there a couple different times and has hunted some, you know, um, public down there. And if you can kill a deer in Florida, whether that's on private or public, you're doing something, you know. And, um, and so, uh, but... Man, nothing compares, in my opinion, nothing compares to deer hunting just in the sense of getting to sit there and you and you hear them walking, you hear them coming in, and, man, you pick the bow up, you pick the gun up, and you just you just make that kill. But once again, that, that's what I grew up doing. And also, I think one of the things that um, kind of just turned me off to it just a little bit because we would see a lot of turkeys while, while we were deer hunting. And so – it was just kind of one of those things where it's like, oh, it's that's not really a big issue to kill a turkey because there's – now, this was Florida, and I know there's different parts of the country that the density is lower. Like up here, the turkey the, the turkey population is not – it's not very good. And so – but growing up, man, in Florida, we would see 10 or 12 of them walking through a food plot, and three of them would be toms, you know? And so it's like you're sitting there going, okay, that's, that's simple. That's easy. And it was just one of those things where deer hunting was much harder – Therefore, it was much more rewarding when you killed one versus a turkey. So you're and, saying um, so. So what? Here's what I'm getting at: is turkey hunting is easy in Florida. Turkey hunting was easier, in my opinion, in in North Florida, where where I grew up, which is where Walter the where, where Walter lives. Now this was private land. This wasn't public. <laughs> And so I'm just giving you my, I'm giving you my version. This is not Walter's version. Walter's version, you've already heard it. Walter's and version so, is that turkey hunting is the most hardcore, hardest thing to do. And he's all over the gobblers all the time. I feel like that was Walter's version. <laughs> and, but, but I, I, I will tell you, I, I didn't turkey hunt. I, I went turkey hunting one time during the spring, during my senior year of high school. And it was just two high school guys didn't have a clue what they were doing. Went to Walmart the previous night and bought a turkey call and a vest. And literally every step, we were just blowing as hard as we could on those calls. You know, so um, I just grew up deer hunting. And but if if I was to compare the two today, having that um, Tom come in, it was awesome. Got my heartbeat going. But dude. Uh, <laughs> You know, if if I would have killed that turkey today, and this is how I kind of judge it, if I would have killed that turkey today, I wouldn't have picked up the phone and called my dad, just because it it's just like, oh, awesome, I, I killed a turkey. You know, 
immediately when I kill a deer, it doesn't mean just it doesn't matter if it's a doe or a buck. First phone call I make is to my dad, and I'm so shook up I, I can't even talk. You know. Yeah. And and um, now eventually maybe if I'm on my own, I call my own turkey up, and and, and I do kind of like what what Walt had. Then you know yeah I might make a phone call, but. Dude, after I get the deer, I'm about to pass out just from being so excited and jacked up, you know? Yeah. And it yeah. just wasn't quite that today. Doesn't mean I don't like it. Doesn't mean that I'm not going to go again. In fact, I, and Parker, you actually called me, and I was I was riding around scouting some spots, you know? Yeah. But I just, if, gun to my head, ha- had to choose all day deer hunting. See, I... I... I'm not going to say all day. Is there like a bird chirping somewhere? Yeah, there is. Yes. Me. yes. <laughs> is that is that one of the is that a Florida bird chirping? Yeah, it's not going to chirp for much longer cuz I need to pattern this gun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I can't tell if that's like interference or if there's a bird somewhere close to y'all's. No, microphone. that's that's definitely a bird of my end. Sorry, it's a dago mockingbird. <laughs> um, Walter, Walter's just out learning the language of all the birds, yeah. so he can talk to all. Of them. <laughs> so, He's got the Rosetta yeah. Stone mockingbird playing in the background. <laughs> Scott Ellis ain't got nothing on that. Yeah, yeah, you know Scott Ellis's <laughs> app. You're gonna have uh, the Mockingbird Tech app come out very soon. <laughs> Oh, I could just. It's gonna be an audio book too. version of how to kill a mockingbird. <laughs> that's funny. So uh, Walter sitting up in a chair holding a book. Oh, that's be awesome. Oh, incredible. <laughs> so you know, Walt, I I I do. I understand everything that you're saying, um, and, and I will say this, okay. I am. Uh, I am well on my way to becoming a better turkey hunter, right? And to be becoming mm-hmm. um, what what I would classify as a a a decent turkey hunter, right? So I I study I study it as much as anything, as much as I do deer. I think I learn lessons every single time I'm in the woods. Like today, um, took plenty of lessons away from that. Uh, just as far as what we should have done to try to get in between yeah. that hen and that bird immediately. And maybe even trying to scare away that hen <clears throat> might have been a better a better tactic for us, you know. Um so I'm I'm I, I learn every single time I go out in the woods, unless of course I don't hear any gobbles and then you kind of stop you can't really do a whole lot with that. But um I definitely try to learn. I don't think it would be hard to, I don't think it would be a stretch for me to say that one day whenever I'm, you know, 45, 50 years old, I got kids, um, maybe I got grandkids at some point, that turkey turkey season could not become uh, my favorite. And I, I think it's all about, mm. you know, if I, if I got, if my son, if he just takes up a liking to turkey season way more than he does deer season, well, dad gum it. I'm going to call me Will Primos because I'm going to be up in the turkey right. woods with right. my son. You know, I like, I think all of that could change. I'll say at the moment, though, I am, I, I couldn't, I don't think I could choose it over deer season. But, man, I definitely, uh, I love it. Like, there's something but, that. Well, 
Parker also. I, 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 go ahead. Well, I, I would. I would. I, I was just going to say, Walt. Uh, I could see it be um, being a lot easier to to introduce a child to turkey hunting. Yeah. And then and then liking yeah. it more uh, faster than deer hunting. Yeah. Just just from the aspect of man, you get to move around. Me and me and Parker were talking today. Um, uh, you know, you can get you can you can get them to blow a call. I mean, it's I mean, yes, it's it's, it's hard to learn it, but you really can't necessarily mess it up per se. So they could actually, uh, you know, they can get on an owl hoot and or on a crow call. It's hard to mess up a crow call, you know, and just let them crow. And but they 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 have buy-in, so I could see it being a great introduction to the hunting lifestyle as opposed to deer season. Yeah, I agree. Walt, what were you going to say? Well, I think what it really boils down to is what is, you know, Drew, you hit on some really important things. And and, and I hadn't even really uh, fully, I think, maybe grappled with my upbringing and what was important for me. But I think it, it goes back to what's important to you in a hunt, right? Right. And for me, I love deer hunting. I, I, I'm a, I just want to clarify one thing. <laughs> come come into turkey season. I'm going to be ready for deer season. Like, I, I love shooting things with my buck. Like, right. I'm, I, I'm scouting while I'm turkey hunting. In fact, my turkey hunt mentor, who I think maybe is a bit even more on, on the spectrum of I'd rather turkey hunt than deer hunt, I'd be like, dang, dude, look at that rubber line right there. He's like, Walter, turkey, it's turkey season. I'm like, no, I hear you. I'm going to drop a little pin right now. I'm going to come back <laughs> to the trail camera on that rub line. Because I'm an outdoorsman. I'm not a turkey hunter, right? And, and, but right. I think what it kind of boils down to is what do you want in a hunt? And for me, I've always wanted a pursuit. And I feel like deer hunting, and I'm not knocking deer hunting. I just told you. I'm going to be excited about it. It's a lot of an ambush. It's a strategic ambush. And you spend a lot of time hoping that you pick the right path that this animal would walk by. And it feels to me less of a pursuit. Whereas when you're turkey hunting and you really fall headfirst into it, you're trying to talk to something to convince it to do the opposite of what nature for tens of thousands of years have told this bird it should do. You are trying to convince a bird that is used to being the hottest thing on the market that he's not, and he needs to come to you. You're, 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 you're genuinely pursuing that bird, and you spend the off-season and, the, and, the, and the, the season itself learning how to interact with that bird. And when you've called a bird in, you've not only pursued it, You've spoken a language. I understand the whole primo speak the language thing now after having turkey hunted seriously because I've been making turkey calls, turkey sounds all season. I ain't been talking turkey, y'all. Like, yeah. like when I tell you I'm not a good turkey hunter, I'm not. I, I, yeah. my, this offseason is going to be dedicated to why should I use this call in this instance? What am I trying to say to that bird? Um, and, and I think if you're looking for a pursuit – if you're looking for a pursuit as, as in you are genuinely moving and aggressively interacting with an animal, I don't know that you can beat elk and turkey hunting. And if I live in Colorado, elk would probably be my number one just because of, of you know, proximity to it, right? I think it kind of shifts. But, man, I, I don't know that there's a greater pursuit than turkey hunting in, in the South. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. And, that, and that's why it gets under people, like, it gets in people's blood, you know. I was we talked to Cy Colley last week. Yeah. And Cy kinda has the same story. It was, you know, I grew up as a deer hunter, uh dad was a deer hunter, whatever. And yep. he said, I just kinda took a liking to turkeys. 
I think it can ha- happen to just about anybody, you know, and, and for the reasons that you're saying, like, sure. it is such an interactive game, um, and, mm-hmm. it is, and it is a pursuit. Like, I haven't looked at my, I haven't looked at my health app today, but yesterday, <laughs> Drew, me and Drew, me and Drew hunted yesterday until, like, what, like 745, and we covered two and a half miles. Um, yeah. Like, that's, that's a pretty, that's a pretty good day for that's a pretty good walk for what just an hour and a half or so i mean we covered a lot of yeah ground. man we were we were getting it yeah and so we were, you know i mean i'm not i'm not saying that i just like to walk and and do all that kind of stuff i i like the saddle aspect of deer hunting for me like it's fun i like trying yeah. to, i like trying to guess where a deer is going to move through and and in all reality in the south where we live i'll say the you have to hunt that way. You know, you got people like Zach Farrenball from Hunting Public who he he deer hunts pretty similar to how we turkey hunt. Um but right. you know, that's that's for, for several different regions that he's that he's hunting. You can't really do that effectively, not well, with a bow especially here in Alabama. That is not to say that people don't and that it's impossible. Sure can't do it in Florida. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, <laughs> That's a that's a gigantic challenge to try to hunt like that, but I think it's, you know, I'm, I'm, I know people are going to listen to this and be like, oh, it's possible. It, it is possible. You can, but it's just you, your chances go way Not up plausible. if you can. Yeah, if you can figure right. out travel patterns and things like that. Um, you know, I, yeah. I like that aspect of of deer hunting, but I do like like sure. me and Drew today. We were going out. We had a blast. You know, making jokes, cracking jokes. Man, it was fun. You know, it was fun. It's a good time. When my dad came, uh, I don't, I don't typically turkey hunt with people a whole lot, but my dad came last year. I mean, we had a good time. We <laughs> right before we got on the birds that we ended up that I, when I shot that Jake and he missed the tom, uh, we had an all out like we. I don't know that I've ever spoken to my dad the way that I spoke to him, um, like. we had heard these birds gobbling and we were trying to i was trying because i knew the lay of the land and we're we're like humping it man trying to get up this hill to get to where they were at and dad stops and he was like i I think i just heard one i was like dad no you didn't i would have heard it if you heard it you didn't hear one we need to keep going this way and then I heard the bird again. I was like, well, how the crap did they get over there? He's like, that was what I was trying to tell you. And I said, I said, Dad, I'm just trying to get you on a turkey. Like, we just had like, this argument there in the woods. But for the most part, <laughs> and then and then we, we, you know, we got to leave with a bird that day. So it, it was a whole lot more fun. But, I mean, that was just a blast. So being able to do that, I could see going out with my kids one day, that's going to be a, that's going to be a blast. And so there are the fellowship side aspect of turkey hunting is – is definitely something to, uh, you know, add to the the fun of the sport. Yeah, um, sure. Yeah. Also, too, Parker, I wanna I wanna ask both of you this because you've you've turkey hunted longer than I have. Because honestly, I've been three times basically in my whole life. And and I want to get your opinion on what I'm about to say. Do you think? I I think just from the couple times that 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 we've been out. I think that turkey hunting can make me a better deer hunter, but I don't think that deer yeah. hunting can make me a better turkey hunter. Agreed. Well, Does that make sense? Why don't you Why don't you answer that for or share your thoughts? Because I got I've got some um, thoughts on it. 
Yeah, I, I, and sorry to cut you off, Drew, about that. No, no. It's, it's, that's been on my mind as well here recently because I have found, and, and maybe this is by virtue of being out there, but I spend a lot of time in the woods, as you guys know. I mean, I I read John Eberhardt's book this offseason. I'm trying to really be a better deer hunter because, again, guys, I really do like it. But, um, you know, he's talking about postseason scouting. Like, right after the season, he does the majority of the scouting. That's freaking turkey hunting for us, y'all. I mean, in the South, I mean, early yeah. March, season kicks off down here in Florida. Heck, this year it was it was late February because of the leap year. Yeah. So yeah. I'm sitting here like, dude, turkey hunting is going to be my scouting season as well. I have logged – dude, I bust deer, more deer where I'm turkey hunting right now than I ever did when I was deer hunting. And, and, and I found places that are loaded with deer sign consistent year over year you can see he hit this rub when he hit this one last year and oh man look at that big old tree over there that's very clearly been rubbed in years past i have found more sign that way and i'll be honest with you i've learned how to be more of a woodsman to move through the woods quietly turkey hunting when i'm trying to cut the distance yeah yeah um i'm gonna agree uh with the first part of that that turkey hunting can make you a better deer hunter Uh, i'm Mm -hmm. I'm definitely gonna agree with that and I'll kind of, I'll, I'll explain why. So, I mean, the big buck I killed this past year, the only reason I knew that this area was even laid out the way that it was is because last turkey season, uh, I killed a long beard right. in, in that area, you know? And so I literally, I killed mm-hmm. that long beard. And the next time I went there was during deer season, during bow season when I killed that b- big buck. So I, it gave me an idea of what, like, you know, the map said, you know, this is hardwoods, and then on the public side, it's uh, uh, planted pines, and then there's a uh, a cutover, a clear cut. So on the map, it said that, obviously. You go there in person, and you're like, is it going to look the same way? Well, it, it did. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I marked that. I mentally marked that, too. Like, I'm going to be back here during deer season at some point. Um, uh, let me give you another example. Um the the and area Parker, we, we 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 actually found the bed there remember we were coming back yeah. down yeah and when, we when we went there a couple of weeks ago we jumped up a deer out of out of its bed we found that bed and then we found another bed um yep which is probably which around is awesome. around the area where the buck were that i shot was going to go back and bed bed in um and so you know i like i cover a ton of ground especially days when i can hunt all day long I'll cover a crap ton of ground, and uh, and I definitely find some spots. Uh, last turkey season, I went into a new area, and by by kayak, and uh, found the area that I probably spent the majority of my time this past deer season in. And I walked this whole piece, and uh, I never actually killed a deer in there. On our, if you watch the Southern Ground videos on the Sportsman's Nation YouTube. Uh, when Alex, my buddy Alex Boyke, uh, went in and he shot that doe that I did a deer drive and uh, busted her over to him and he shot her. That was uh, a cool video. That was that, was that yes, area. Was. And my first time ever going in there was last turkey season. I found it last turkey season. And so, and I, I mean, I had multiple encounters. I wounded a buck over there, uh, sadly. Um, and I, it, I was tore up about that. Wounded that buck, uh, dad, my dad missed a buck. I saw a gigantic buck about five seconds after dad missed the, the buck that he missed. Cause I was fiddle farting on my phone 
texting him and filming some does that were in front of me. But I saw ungodly amounts of deer in this little area. And uh, that was all from turkey hunting. Now, the second part of your statement of uh, you don't think that deer hunting makes you a better turkey hunter, I, I disagree with that. Um, I'm not saying – because also the woodsmanship of turkey hunting definitely – helps your woodsmanship in deer hunting because you walking around you learn the lay of land uh like all that there's that whole aspect of it um but man a lot of deer spots a lot of times when i'm hunting deer and i see turkeys i mean i take mental note of those birds being there and uh and it's worked out drew that first day that me and you went we saw those birds pitch down um, I mean, that's my best deer spot. That's the best deer spot I've got. Uh, yeah, it, it's just a good wildlife spot. Honestly. I mean, you'll see everything, yeah. everything in there. And so, you know, I think, I think it's good to take those mental notes during deer season. When you see birds, that doesn't mean they're necessarily going to be there during turkey season. And a lot of times they're not, but, uh, I mean, it gives you a really good idea of a general area where turkeys are at. And I mean, I think they're, I think they're still in that specific spot. They, they roost in the same spot. I think year round. I mean, they're, they're always there, but, uh, so I, I disagree Parker, with you you, on that point. Parker, do you think that is a fair thing to, uh, maybe speculate on or, or pursue further the idea that, uh, tur- like quality turkey and quality deer habitat tends to overlap, and wherever you find one, you're 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 quite likely to find the other. Yeah, I mean, I think where you live is kind of a, a special circumstance, you know, because just your turkey population, mm-hmm. your turkey density is going to outweigh your deer density pretty heavily. I feel like um, lots of people are going to Florida to hunt turkeys out of state. Very few people are going to Florida Man, to hunt deer out of state, um, and so. But, but a lot of a lot of those people that come to Florida are going for Osceola, though. Right, that's true, that's true. Yeah, but true. I mean, judging by the things that you've said, you have a pretty solid turkey population where in the areas that you're hunting. But yeah, you're also you're also seeing more deer than you typically would, um, out there. That's fair. I think so. Yes, I mean, I think. N- where where hens like to be close to um some of those thickets areas where they nest at man i mean those are good a lot of the i mean we we talk a lot during deer season about you know edges and thickets and things like that i think that definitely overlaps Mm -hmm. another thing to remember is that a lot of times turkeys are scratching um the areas that i'm finding them scratching in are in those oak flats or or hardwood bottoms um, where there's acorns and of course they're also eating bugs and things like that. Um, but when you think about like a field, a feeding area for a deer, a big gigantic cornfield or soybean field or something like that mm-hmm. is going to be a lot of the same habitat that turkeys like to hang out in. And, uh, and so, yeah, I, I think, I think wildlife, it, you talk about terrain features like saddles or um, mm-hmm. benches or something like that you're going to find that deer wildlife in general use those. And so to answer that, yes, I think that's fair to say uh, that they definitely overlap. 
and and one one season, both of those seasons can help you in in the other season and vice versa. You know, I I think if you're yeah if you are uh, wanting to be there's a reason why most turkey hunters deer hunt and most deer hunters a lot of deer hunters turkey hunt because they're it's it's fun. I mean, it's still a hunt. It's a game. We enjoy it. Um, you know, I I don't I don't think I guess coming down to it, I don't think that you could say that one is greater than the other. If I'm just being honest, I think I think they both have their their own things that make them special. You know. Right. Right. So. Yeah. 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 I, I think that's fair. I think you can also. I think most people need to make that decision for themselves as well. I mean, obviously, don't pigeonhole yourself if you live in the house in the south. You got good turkey hunting and good deer hunting. Yeah, so, that's true, man. Enjoy them both, but uh, yeah, I mean, I agree. I think you're, I think you're spot on, Walt. Well, man, we're coming yep. up on, uh, we're coming up on time, and uh, that was a fun conversation. I really enjoyed that. Um, I like it. I'm I'm a fan. I like where we ended up. Uh, Walt, so you got what? 11 days, 12 days of turkey season left where you're at? No, ain't a whole lot. It ends on the 26th for me. Um, what's today? The 16th? The 15th. 15th, so I got 11 days left. 11 days to go out and kill them. Well, dude, good luck, man. Yep, and yep, I don't. And I... Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, I, I took one of those 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 few remaining hunts to talk to you and Drew today. <laughs> well, we feel special. We, we appreciate your sacrifice. Yeah, thank you for your sacrifice, Walt. <laughs> um, statistically, you weren't gonna kill one anyway, so uh, maybe we just save you some gas. It's money. true. But uh, <laughs> I, hey, I don't think we I don't think I introduced introduced you as the host of the Chasing Tales outdoors podcast because i just assume that a lot of people know that um but if you don't know who walter lee is you definitely definitely need to look him up because uh he hosts in my opinion one of the greatest uh hunting podcasts on podcast land in podcast land and that is the chasing tales outdoors podcast and uh talks to a lot of cool people walt's a cool guy his co-host chase is a cool guy um chase really keeps the show afloat but uh pretty much <laughs> hey, not right now son not during turkey season not this no. turkey season that's right no yeah i'm, I'm turning this into a winning franchise boys <laughs> <laughs> and and Walt, also um you got any uh special guests on the horizon coming up that, that you that our listeners can look forward to yeah, man. I mean, we've, we've got a lot of things in the works. Uh, not all of it is, is, is solidified right now, but uh, I know that we're, we're working we're working with uh, Sam Soholt to get him on the podcast here shortly. Oh, yeah. Uh, we, we've reached out to Zach from the Hunting Public and uh, some, some other really fun people. We, we're trying to do a, a, a better job of finding some of those hidden gems. Not that Sam's not a cool guy or Zach's not a cool guy, but there's a lot of people out there, especially in the South, that we're trying to – uh, once COVID is over with, uh, reach out and, and, and go visit with them. Cause there's some really cool characters that, that I think, uh, don't even know podcasts exist, but if we could get the mic, uh, in front of them, uh, people would really enjoy the, the stories and the adventures that they've got to tell, which is pretty much our primary focus. 
stories and adventures. We mix some, t some tips and tactics in there as well, but we just try and celebrate everything outdoors related and uh, bring you bring you some inspiration through other people's adventures and our own as well. Well, fantastic, man. Well, dude, I uh, wish you the best of luck. Go out and kill you that last that last bird. Get you that tag out on your rookie season. That's it, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Shoot, him in, the, shoot him in the face, man. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, thanks again for listening to the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. As always, I enjoyed that conversation with Walt. It is never a dull moment when Walter Lee is, uh, I guess, not in the room, virtually in the room. Uh, super cool guy. I love that dude. Um, yeah, good luck to you guys that are going to be in the Turkey Woods this weekend. It's a good weekend, except for the gale force winds that are supposed to be here tomorrow. I'm going to go and try to brave it. Uh, I'm probably going to regret it when I'm sitting out in the kayak and the wind is pounding me in the face, but uh, we're going to try it anyways. So um, hopefully you guys uh, go out and have all kinds of luck, punch some tags, enjoy the, uh, I guess, if, if you're off right now, enjoy the time off. Um, but yeah, that's going to be it. Thanks you guys so much for listening. This has been the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. Remember, if you're going to be outside, if you're going to be chasing turkeys, if you're fishing, whatever you're doing, remember that God gave you dominion over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and the beasts of the earth. So go out and exercise that dominion. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>